paranormal events continue to swarm around the host of America's fastest growing paranormal podcast, that'd be me. And then we travel to the United Kingdom to hang out with a couple friends who are smoking some weed. It was a beautiful night. Everything was completely calm until the phone rang. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We've got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, let's go ahead and give a shout out to one of our Christmas live stream contributors. Everyone give it up for Alex. Woo, yeah, come on, Alex. Come on into Dead Rabbit Command. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or can't support the show financially through live streams, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. I haven't really talked about this a lot. I think I mentioned it at the end of last season. I have a vacation coming up. I know I just got done with a two-week break, but I actually have to, that was just me sitting in a chair playing Minecraft. I'm actually going down to visit some family in a couple weeks. So I'm going to start pre-recording a bunch of episodes. And then we're going to have some new classic episodes. I've been wanting to bring those back. I got a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff I want to talk about. We're bringing back the classics, so you guys, I think, will only notice I'm gone for one week. We'll have one week where there's no nothing, but we've got a bunch of episodes coming up, and then some behind-the-scenes classics, some drama that's happened behind the scenes. All this stuff, we're going to go through that, and I can't wait to share that with you. Anyways, Alex, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive around the corner, because we're going to end up back at Dead Rabbit Command. Because I, I wanted this. This is an interesting story, I think, and it involves me. It involves me. I want to start this off. The other day, people were talking about this on the Patreon Discord, talking about like the paranormal activity that I've gone through. It, specifically, we're talking about the episode. I wasn't talking about it. They were talking about it, but the episode where I'll see if I can even find it in the show. I don't even know if I put it in the show notes. I was doing an episode. And I saw what could only be described as a dog's paws, like a little, a, a dog, not a little dog, a big dog, walking by my recording studio door. Like, I just saw the silhouette of its paws outside the door, and it totally freaked me out. Like, I left it in the recording, it completely freaked me out, and, and I talked about it a bit, and then I went on with the episode. And then... When they were talking about that in the Patreon Discord, uh, one of my mods and a longtime supporter of the show, Hot Diggity Dane, wrote this. I've always wondered what it is about Jason that draws so many paranormal experiences. The amount of episodes where phenomenon happens while recording are much more common than they ever should be. I fully believe that the experiences Jason has are authentic, but why is it happening so much to him? At first, I thought it was like the old, you look into the paranormal long enough, eventually something will look back. But I've li- that, that's a famous quote, right? It's a famous quote. Be careful if you search for monsters, you may become one, or if you stare into the abyss too long, the abyss stares back. But he continues, but I have listened to a lot of paranormal podcasts and have only encountered one other host that has had a solid encounter in the last few years and never while recording the podcast. So it's interesting. I, I read that. I don't think I responded to that comment because I don't know. 
I don't know the answer to that either. It could be because the show's daily. Here, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It happens more often than I talk about on the show. I'm constantly editing out weird noises. Constantly. Some, some, a lot of times I'm in the studio, which is in my closet, which was haunted long before I started even doing the podcast, right? I've done episodes on that. There are so many times when I'm recording and I can hear something walking around. Now, I always think, oh, maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a squirrel. <laughs> maybe it's a squirrel with size 11 shoes. I don't know. And then sometimes people are playing their television really loud and that kind of can come through on the mic. There's a lot of times while I'm editing it, I don't always hear, sometimes I hear it when I'm recording and I'll have to stop and let whatever it is pass. And again, I'm always thinking it's something rational. There's sometimes I'm editing and I hear a noise and I'm like, I have no idea what in the world made that noise. None. But I edit it out. I think there might have been one or two episodes where I left it in and I, I, I don't remember if I ever jumped into the editing process. See, that's the thing. Usually I record the episode. Then a couple days later, I'm editing it. And sometimes if I'm in a rush, I'm editing it that same day. I'm recording and editing the same day. And I just like chopping stuff up to get it out there. Now, obviously, if I picked up, someone's like, help me or something like that. I'm going to leave it in the editing process. I'm going to come in on the mic and say, oh, I don't know what that was. But usually I will just chop it out because I don't know what it is. I can't control my environment around me as far as like making sure no one else is playing loud music or anything like that. You know, who knows, right? I just chop it out. And I also have edited out whole segments about paranormal activity that's happened to me. Um, I actually did this whole segment a while back, and I, I cut it for time. You're going to be like, Jason, what are you doing when I tell you this story? When I was putting the episode together, generally, I just have notes, right? I'm going off the notes, and I went into this segue. I think it was even during a live episode, so the Patreon Discord users heard me talk about this for like 10 minutes. I'm not going to talk about it that long. I, and then I edited it out when I was doing the episode to try to have them in underneath 40 minutes just for convenience to you guys, right? You guys don't have all day long to be listening to this stuff. So I figured I would talk about it again at some point. Going back to the paranormal dog story, I saw a what looked like the paws of a dog. Like if a dog walked by a door and you only had that little half an inch to inch gap underneath between the door and the floor and you saw a dog walk by, that's what it looked like. That's exactly what it looked like, and it totally scared me for probably about two, it might even be long, I'm going to say two to three weeks, but it honestly might have been four to five weeks. When I was walking around town, right out of the corner of my, it happened so often, it was driving me nuts. I'd be having my headphones on, I'd be listening to my music, out of the corner of my eye, and it would always be about maybe like 20, 30 yards away there'd be a black dog. And I'd turn and I'd look because I hate loose dogs. You cannot understand how much I despise these things because I had to fight one once. I had to fight an Akita. I think I talked about it on the show before, but I had to fight an Akita. And if I haven't, then I'll do it in a later episode. I had to fight an Akita. I had to save this dude's life because he was being chewed up by this massive dog bred for war. So I hate loose dogs. And I used to hate dogs. 
I had to go I had to go to like dog therapy to not hate all dogs after that event. Because it bit him so hard it broke his wrist. And he was just leaking, dude. This dude was just bloody everywhere. I think I've talked about it before on the show though. So I hate loose dogs. So whenever I see and that's just one of my experiences with loose dogs. That's the most that's the one that really set me up. Whenever I see a loose dog, it always draws my attention. It always freaks me out. I'm then looking for the owner while I'm reaching for my pepper gel. Right? It's this thing. And after I saw the dog walk by the, the studio door for about, I'd say, for a period of time, for a good period of time, I kept, kept seeing a dog out of the corner of my eye. Now, because I'm so paranoid about loose dogs, at fir- for the first dozen times, I just thought, you're just jumpy. You're just jumpy. For, it, it was weird. It almost always was on the left side that I'd see it. But I thought, just, you're just jumpy. But as it continued over the weeks, I, I started to make the connection that this could be related to the ghost dog in the studio. And I think the story I was... I think I should, can be able to find the episode. I think the story I was talking about was about a ghost dog. I started seeing this ghost dog walking around town. It was driving me nuts. And once I... Again, at first I just thought I was actually seeing a real dog. And then I would turn and I wouldn't see anything. Made no connection. And then eventually I started thinking, what if it's related to what I saw in the studio? And I still continued to see this dog out of the corner of my eye. Sometimes on the right side, but mostly on the left side. And then it totally stopped. The phenomenon completely stopped. And it, it was good because I was so jumpy. I was so jumpy whenever I saw this thing. And then one day, and I, again, edited this out of the episode. I'm sitting in the studio recording an episode. I look and I see the paws walk back by the door. And I freaked out again. And I was like, okay, I'm not even, <laughs> not even doing this anymore. I don't want this people to think this is some ARG or something like that. So I, I regained my, I opened the door. It's like, okay, this is just something that's going to happen now. And I was, I kept trying to figure out what it was. I, I thought I had figured it out for a moment. I thought it was my bathrobe, which would be a accurate thing. My bathrobe arm thingy. What's that thing on the, the bathrobe cloth. Uh, <laughs> you're just describing a bathrobe. The belt, the belt. I thought that's what's swinging, but it's simply not low enough. But yeah, so I don't know, and now it's all now. I don't. If I started to see that a couple more times while I was recording, I was like, "What?" I was like thinking, "Am I doing? Am I like gesticulating so much in the closet that I'm causing this?" Like I was still trying to rationally think, and then it went away. And that's the interesting thing is, if it was a physical cause and nothing changed, I'm doing the same gesticulations. My bathrobe is the same way. All of that stuff. From the time I started recording in the closet, really, until that. And then after, it's gone now, again. I don't see the dog footprints outside the closet. Or the the silhouette of the dog. It was weird. It was always walking from east to west. It was always walking, like, from, yeah, east to west. I, I, I don't know how to explain any of it. Because, again, if it was something I was doing, I start. I, I remember there was a point where I was going, I have to be doing this. This has to be something that I'm physically making the silhouette appear. But, I don't know, man. It's super weird. And the reason that reminded me to really talk about that was, again, just the other day, um, Sabine, well, actually, months ago, she made me this get well sign for Bigfoot because I was sick, right? I'm sure you guys, I'm sure a lot of time listeners of the show know I'm sick all the time. And it's always something either incredibly minor or incredibly rare. I have all sorts of weird 
ailments, but usually I'm just a big, big old baby, right? My tummy hurts, I'm sick, I'm just kind of rolling around on the ground. She made me this Bigfoot Get Well sign, and I hung it up, and then a couple months later, I lost it. It fell down behind something. She got all butthurt. She goes, I made you something. You lost it. Come on, man. You know how heavy that bookshelf is? I gotta move this. Well, you know. So anyways, you know, of course, guys, I moved the bookshelf, and I went to go find it. And that bookshelf, when Jen came into feng shui my apartment, we pretty much moved everything but we didn't move the bookshelf because that's where my television was i was like you know this is where i watch television i don't watch television anymore but the bookshelf has really not been moved for at least i would say 11 years maybe 10 (laughs) maybe i'll quibble by a year but i'm pretty sure it's been there for a long period of time i moved it just a little bit and got my grabber that's the thing that all old men get (laughs) so they don't have to bend over and pick stuff up i got a little grabber from walgreens reached in and there were three things behind this bookshelf three things which is crazy considering how chaotic my bookshelf is i might take a picture of it for uh the image for this episode but three things an old receipt which was close it was like just fell out of the garbage can like a week ago the bigfoot get well picture and this letter And I picked it up, and it says, To Grandma McGee. This is my great-grandma McGee. And and basically, the letter said, I'm not going to read it in full, but um, the letter basically is me saying, I'm afraid you're not going to get better soon, and I'm more afraid that when you die, I'm not going to see you in heaven. Because I don't know if you're a born-again Christian. That's that's what this letter goes on to say. And it's asking her to take Jesus Christ into her heart. All of that. If you read this letter and believe, then I will not have to be afraid of missing you. Love you dearly, Jason. That's how the letter ends. And I look at this. I have no idea how this letter got behind my bookshelf. None. Zero. It's a full page. First off, Okay, so my great-grandma died. I guess I should have given you a little bit of context. She died in August uh, 2001. And this letter, when in August of 2001, I was an adult. I could have sat down and had this conversation with another adult and saying, hey, you know, I know things aren't going well. Let's talk about what what I believe in. Let's talk about the afterlife. So I would have had to write... write this, if I wrote this letter, I would have had to have been probably under the age of 15, 16. Because at that point, I was confident enough in my... I'm Southern Baptist, right? I would have been confident enough in my religion to talk to her. She was Catholic, right? It's not like she was some from crazy cult or something like that. but Or, or you know, like a full-on atheist or anything like that. But what I can't... So this letter, at the very least, though, is 21 years old. And again, I don't think I wrote it then. She was in a rest home. But I think I wrote this letter closer probably to around the age when I was 12, which would put this around 30 years old. More than that, right? 33 years old. That's a creepy number. This piece of paper, this piece of paper could be up to 33 years old. It looks like I wrote it, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. And the reason why I say that is there's hardly any yellowing on it. When I showed it to Sabine, she goes... I don't know when you wrote it either. I couldn't... It's been exactly the same since you were a kid, but she goes, I'll tell you this. This piece of paper does not look like it was behind that shelf for 10 years. And I said that. I go, minimum. 
I go, I will allow when I used to have a television set up there that maybe I moved it to one side or another. But for the past 10 years, I've lived here for 11 years. That thing has not moved. There were three things behind it. Bigfoot, not actual Bigfoot, but the Bigfoot picture. The dirty receipt that had just fallen out of the garbage can. And then this piece of paper. Now, this is one of those things that I don't necessarily classify as paranormal, but I don't know how to classify it. I don't I, I don't remember writing it, but I'm sure that I did. This is something I would have done when I was a child. I just have no idea. The only thing I can think of is I did write this as a child, and my grandma, when she passed away, she gave me a little box of um, uh, her lighters. She had collected, she was a lifelong smoker, smoker since she was 12. She died at 92. She had a collection of really cool lighters. And when I say really cool lighters, there was like a Zippo in there, and then there was like an old lighter. And then she also tossed, <laughs> she also tossed into it a 98 cent lighter from Albertsons. It says Albertsons on it. That was in there too. My Albertsons lighter is up on my shelf. Like, it has a spot. It has a location for that lighter. Like, the rest of the light... <laughs> the cooler lighters are actually locked away in a box in a storage area with the Albertsons lighter, which I also think is cool. It's, like, up among all of my tchotchkes, all of my toys I've collected over the years. That's how much I value that lighter. I can't imagine a scenario where I got this letter and then just tossed it on my bookcase. Now, if I do take a photo of my bookcase, you'll see a couple books by Joe McKinney, the... Famous zombie author. He's really good. And then I got like a copy of Star Trek meets X-Men on there. And then a few PlayStation games. Some Lego stuff, right? It's not really a bookshelf. I probably should stop calling it. You'll see a bunch of other like greeting cards up there that I've collected over the years. But I, I mean, really, I should say over the past two years. But I wouldn't have put something this valuable just sitting on there. So why am I talking about this? Did this manifest? There's, this does not look like it, uh, I'll take a photo of it for the show notes. It definitely does not look like it was sitting behind that shelf for 10 years. I don't know how I would have gotten back there. And I don't know why I would have found it now. Like, Sabine's been complaining about that stupid Bigfoot picture for like 9, 10 months. That's the only crafty thing I make. I don't do any arts and crafts. And I finally do something and you lose it behind your bookshelf. Oh, whatever. She did complain, complain, complain for a couple months. So I finally go back there and I get it. And then I find this. I don't know what this means. Now, it's possible, right, that it's just the letter. Well, it's not just the letter. I wrote it to my great-grandma. I love my great-grandma. But it's possible that I did write that letter. And then it came in the little box that she gave me the lighters in. That's most likely how I got possession of it at some point. And then I might have had it sitting up there. If you look at my shelf, you realize, well, he has some greeting cards from his mom. And then, like, like X-Men comic books. The thing's covered in filth. I don't imagine myself putting it up there. My question is, why did I find it now? And I'm going to wrap up this segment. Again, I don't know if it's paranormal. I don't know if there's any meaning behind it. It's just a weird thing. I'm going to wrap this segment up by a weird Jason story. When a close associate of mine dies, like a family member or a close friend, I don't have sex for like two weeks. I don't have sex. I don't masturbate. I do nothing sexual for two weeks minimum. Because I think the, <laughs> because I think their ghost might see me. That's a totally real story. 
Someone passes away that I know. I figure here's the reason why it's only two weeks is because after week three or four being a ghost, you're probably like going to movies, probably haunting movie theaters. I know when I die, I want to hang out at the bottom of the ocean. I want my ghost to check out all of those caves underwater, like the deepest points of the ocean. I think like maybe like my grandpa will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't talk to my grandson, Jason, enough. And now that I'm dead, maybe I'll go see what he's. Oh, gross, gross. Oh, no. And he's falling away. So it's a it's not like there's no reasoning behind it. No one's ever told me like that. That's a thing. Like it's a superstition or something. I just don't. I'm showering with all my clothes on. Oh, don't look at me. Don't look at me naked, you ghost. I don't. And it's so weird because generally every time someone close to me dies. Within about a week or two, I dream of them. They come in, and now it's not anything dramatic. It's not like I'm dreaming and they show up and they're like, hey, I'm just here to say goodbye. I really had fun knowing you and I was glad to be your friend. Nothing like that, right? I'll have a dream and they'll be in the dream. They're just in the dream. And sometimes I, will, I, I won't remember the dream that they're in. I'll simply wake up and I'll have the feeling, whoa, like that was the dream. Like I, it's inch, it's hard to say. Like sometimes I'll have the dream and I'll know they they are in it. And then sometimes I'll just wake up and I'll, I won't remember my dream, but I go, oh, I dreamt about them last night. Like I got the feeling that they had said in some way, not dramatically, again saying goodbye as they're like fading away or anything like that. But I have the dream about a dead relative. And, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's weird, right? Again, I just have the feeling like that was them appearing in the afterlife in some way. It's usually within a week or two, I get the feeling that they have moved on, except for one time. This is so weird. My grandma Miller, great grandma McGee's daughter, grandma Miller, she died. We talked about this on the show. (laughs) Hopefully I get to the phone call story. But this was such a weird paranormal thing that happened to me. When my grandma Miller died, it was a huge thing. Because once she was like the matriarch of the family, and I remember knowing this. right? I lived with Grandma Miller for a while. And I lived with Grandma McGee for a while. I spent almost every summer with Grandma McGee. And I lived one entire year when I was going to elementary school with Grandma McGee. And when I was an adult, I lived with Grandma Miller. And I remember knowing and saying, when Grandma Miller dies, the family falls apart. I go, the only thing we all have in common is Grandma Miller. Like, all these different groups, all these different groups of people. And unfortunately, she did die. It was completely avoidable. It was 100% avoidable. But there are this huge family drama going on at the time. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but... um, Family always had a lot of drama, and there was this huge family drama going on. And uh, she ended up passing away. It could have been avoided had had she had... Anyways. I did not have that dream for months. Months. And I remember when she first passed away, I was with my mom. And that was her mom. And it was one of the worst sounds I'd ever heard a human make. When my mom got the phone call that her mother had died. I, I've been around all sorts of human suffering throughout my life. But hearing a, a, a daughter cry out for her mother. It was, I we were sitting in the car. We were at the Dairy Queen drive through And she gets the phone call. I couldn't, I mean, it was just, it was gut-wrenching. And of course, you know, I'm 
my mom's son and I had to kind of, you know, calm her down, you know, get her, get her back home. But grief, right? It was unexpected. It was an unexpected death. My grandma Miller was old, but what she died of could have been prevented. So anyways, um, and I, I, I technically don't know the medical definition of what she, what killed her, but, and this was a couple of years ago. This would have been like five or six years ago. But anyways, the sound my mother made, it was awful. I gotta, I gotta be the straight man, right? I gotta get up. This episode <laughs> going from ghost dog. I did not plan on talking about this. Uh, anyway, so I get my mom to calm down. <laughs> There'll be two large blizzards, please. Oreo, thank you. We get to her house, and um, again, you know, just trying to console my mom, and then talking to people on the phone because they're in Sacramento, we're in Hood River, all this stuff, and then we make arrangements to go down for the funeral. And I remember that it had been maybe three or four months after she had passed away. I gave, I gave myself a couple weeks before I could grieve, right? Because I was trying to help my mom, right? I spent a lot of time with my grandma. Like, I lived with her for many, many years. And then after a couple of weeks, I finally gave myself, you know, an hour or two to, to cry. And then, you know, you you move on. And so anyways, though it was probably like month three or four, I had realized I haven't dreamt about her yet. And that scared me. Because I always figured that the dream was them moving on to a better place, obviously. I didn't dream about, I didn't dream about Grandma Miller. Month four, month five, still no dreams. Not even that I didn't remember the dream, but I had the feeling nothing. Grandma, Grandma Miller, matriarch of this huge family. And not only did we have the biological family, but tons of step uncles and step cousins and all of this stuff. A huge family. And I'm thinking, is she trying to figure something out? Is she like staying behind to, does she have some business she needs to attend to? Like all of this classic ghost stuff. Because my great grandma McGee, I loved incredibly dearly. I I have very few regrets in my life. Very few. And one of them is not stopping by more often when she was in the rest home. Because she never hesitated to take care of me. But I thought she'd live forever. She was 92 years old. 93, I think even. Thought she wouldn't live forever. I drive by the rest home on my way to my house and be like, hey, grandma, I just kind of wave. She's like going from the window. I just figured it doesn't matter if I go today or tomorrow. She's never going to die. It's one of the very, very, very few regrets I have in my life. But I dreamt about her, right? In that two-week period, I had a dream about her. I did not have a single dream about Grandma Miller. Now we're on month five, and I start thinking maybe she's handling some unfinished business. Or maybe something bad has happened other than her dying. Maybe something bad has happened to her soul. And I remember on month six, I had a dream. I was at Grandma Miller's house. And she was there. Big smile on her face. Just being Grandma Miller. Just taking care of all of us. Nothing spectacular about the dream. There were no omens or signs or symbols. There was no... Kiss goodbye as she walked into the ether. Nothing. It was just a normal dream, but my grandma Miller was in it. And I go, okay, grandma. Yeah, I'm a little worried there for a while. Thought something happened to you, but 
you're in a better place. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I started telling that story in the first place. Honestly, I know we were talking about the letter. Uh, uh but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we're not going to get to the phone story. I hope this was entertaining. See, the, the funny thing is, like, I edit stuff out when I talk about personal stuff because a lot of times, like, I did the whole segment about seeing the ghost dog out of my field of view and all that stuff, and then I was listening to it and I was like, "This isn't interesting. This is boring." So I edited it out. I edited it out for time, and then I never brought it back up. I think I recorded that segment like three or four. More than that, because I just got done with a two-week break. It was like a month or two ago I did that segment. I was like, ah, whatever. It's boring. (laughs) It's boring that I'm getting haunted by this ghost dog when I was doing a segment. Again, I think it was about a ghost dog, and then I kept seeing this dog out of the field. Yeah, no one wants to hear about that stuff. And so I hope that this story was entertaining. I hope this episode was entertaining. And to go back to Hot Diggity Dane's thing, we'll finish it up like this. I find my life... I'm not going to say that my life is completely normal, but I don't think it is incredibly interesting by any metric. I was watching the Dave Chappelle special the other day. He was at his old college or high school, and they were going to put his name on the side of the building, the side of the art center, right? And he was talking about his life and how he got into comedy. And I'm sitting there and I was like, oh my God, this dude's life is so interesting. I can't imagine being interviewed by someone and them asking me about my life. And I'd be like, well, I can tell you a couple ghost stories. I mean, I can tell you a whole bunch of ghost stories I've read about. And I can tell you a couple ghost stories that I've been in. But I don't find my life particularly interesting. Without obviously, there's been a few standout things. I can say stuff like, "Ah, oh, you know, I saw shadow people. I fought a witch. I've seen demonically possessed people." But see, then I go, "Well, who hasn't?" You can read all sorts of accounts online of people who have done similar and more exceptional things. So I don't think my life is super interesting, and I don't think regarding Hot Diggity Dog's question, I don't think there's anything incredibly special about me either. I mean, I don't think I'm any more special than you. I think we're all special in our own way. But again, if 8 billion people are special in their own way, yeah, sure. But I don't, I'll be honest, I don't think there's something about the show that's causing paranormal phenomenon to pop up. I I think the, the only thing I can think of for Hot Diggity Dane's question was why... Does Jason seem to have this more? I The only thing I can think of is, one, I'm recording in a place that's no one haunted, which is the closet. We didn't have these. See, I've been recording these past, I don't know, five, six episodes and quite a few going forward in the living room where I used to record my podcast. First 500 episodes were recorded in the living room. Now that it's so hot, this is the coolest place to record and the audio quality takes a little bit of a hit. But, and there's more background noise, but I, there's been, I, as far as I remember, there has been no paranormal activity. I don't think I was talking about any of it when I was recording in the living room. And even in those early episodes, I talked about my closet being haunted. I knew my closet was haunted within a week of moving in here. And since I moved the recording studio into the closet, I would say the main reason, I don't think it's anything about me. I th- that could be it, right? I, I was also thinking this is the only, as far as I know, there's only two daily paranormal shows that are actively in production this one and then the ghost hunters have one the taps guys do a if it i'm pretty sure it's still around a daily ghost podcast that's it so it could also be the fact that it's daily right recording stuff all the time but i'd say anything it's more of the location than anything i don't think it's anything about the show i don't think it's anything about me i don't know 
But, you know, that's the thing with paranormal activity. I said this on really yesterday's episode. It doesn't always have a dramatic ending. It doesn't always have this big thing. It's not like this letter's going to burst into flames or my great-grandma McGee's going to appear to me tonight with three keys. And she says, one of these keys will unlock your destiny. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. She has a ghost dog. She's like, get him, boys. The dogs maul me to death in my sleep. My astral body is torn to shreds. I hate loose dogs. And I hate reading stories about people being mauled by packs of dogs. And yet I read them all the time. And I want to tell you guys this. I am doing you a service by not covering it every time I come across it. They are grotesque grotesque. I I think people should be criminally liable for whatever their dogs do. They are, like, financially liable. Sure. And sometimes people catch charges like a manslaughter charge, but if your dog, your dog should be considered an, this is, this is how in this episode, your dog should be considered an extension of you. I should be able to RICO act you, which means if you are in a gang and a member of a gang commits a crime, the entire gang is charged with that crime. If you own, people are already like, shut off the podcast. They're like, I'm done, dude. I'm so done. If you own a dog that is mistreated, you treat, I'm not saying like a dog that goes wild, right? But if you get multiple reports that your dogs are violent in the neighborhood, and that's what all of these stories are about. Every story goes, yeah, they got multiple reports. They got multiple reports over the years of these dogs chasing kids. And then one day this woman was walking down the street and they ate her colon. These dogs ate her colon and her esophagus and both of her arms and one of her legs. That's horrific. And her face. That's horrific. That's the worst. She's still alive, right? She's still alive. They I, Come on, man. I think, I think whoever owned those dogs should be charged for eating a woman's colon. I think you should be able to recoact them. But I digress. I digress. I <laughs> shouldn't end this sweet. I, mean, I don't know. Was this episode sweet? Was it entertaining? Hopefully it was. But you guys have a great weekend. We'll save the phone call story for Monday. It is absolutely humdinger. I will not go off on any rants about I love dogs. I do love dogs. But loose dogs? <sighs> DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.